Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, happy Monday. NFL draft was weird. Uh, happy, happy Monday. <laughs> happy, happy Monday. Really? It's Derby Week, man. I'm pretty excited. Happy Derby it Week. Is. This Saturday is the first Saturday in May. Uh, we will be celebrating Derby Week with a full-on, dedicated, sponsored podcast on Wednesday. Uh, I'm kind of um, kind of excited uh, to talk Derby. I'm, just, I'm very excited to talk Derby. I'm kind of excited that we finally have uh, a legit sponsor for some of our content. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it's received. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we have any power in the brand marketing space. Uh, this is probably, this is mostly, this is, you know, we're making a lot of this shit up as we go, obviously. And, uh, it'll be interesting to yeah. see if we have any, any ability to kind of move the needle as far as kind of sending people in the direction of, you know, legal gambling entities to bet on horse racing, um, and, uh, kind of figure out where to go with the podcast from here, as far as, you know, sponsorship opportunities and stuff, uh, as we head into the next football season. Um, but before we get there, we wanted to talk a little bit winners and losers from the NFL draft. Really, it's just winners and losers yeah. from the weekend. How about that? How about just we'll go back to Thursday and let's talk about winners and losers from the weekend. Does that sound like fun? It can be. I did. Anything. I had some. Anything. Yeah, I had some preconceived notions on this, but then I went to got. I got a bagel today, and there was a guy in there. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely changed my mind. We'll have to read. You mean the guy? You mean the guy My that God. you get? Do you mean the guy that you give uh, free tickets to agrees with your opinions about football stuff? That's wild. That's yeah. crazy. That is something else. Um, yeah, no. The, there were some. In my mind, there were some pretty clear winners and losers over the course of the weekend. A lot of it circling around the NFL draft and team construction and and people's kind of you know franchises directions that they're heading in um, potential for doing great things in 2019 2020 um and we'll get there but uh yeah i mean there was there was winners and losers in lots of uh lots of areas of sports so let's go non-football first and then we'll just go right head first into the draft um non-football winners you know you know who was a, a winner this weekend our buddy joey nish holy smokes Pretty much every kind of lean direction nudge he gave us when we were covering props last week, and I say Joey Nish again. God, I got, I got, I got to get, got to get this correct. Joey Kanish. There's a, uh, there's a friend. Kine. There's a K. Yeah, there's a K. Uh, yeah, and a loser, by the way, was Giannis Atenakumpo. Oh, I'm sorry, Giannis uh, of the weekend. But you know, the winner of the weekend, clearly Joey Kanish. Every kind of tip, nudge, recommendation he gave us throughout the entirety of the draft handicapping process. He was like 90 something percent. Like it was really, really something to behold. Uh, made us a lot of money. Uh, on top of that, just all of the kind of hard, you know, time and effort we did grinding away on information uh, paid off in, in some pretty significant paydays for me for the NFL draft. So thank you to our buddy Joe yeah. Kanish. <laughs> yeah. Kanish did good. Uh, I, like I follow a few guys on uh, on Twitter that are get heavy into some of this practice market and i mean basically all of them 
it's a soft market. Some of them were betting months ago into this, like uh, that franchise KF. He his shit was good. Everything he did yeah. was Maddie very G. solid. At, he had a lot G. of lot yeah. number he was G. freaking solid. Maddie G yeah. did good. And honestly, even even just our, our little group there, uh, the, you know, anyone we talked to from just our you know our gambling Twitter friends, like they yeah. a lot of the consensus plays that we had talking to some of the guys we talked to in you know our chat groups. I feel like I feel like you know everyone had some losers and some hard beats, but I feel like a lot of the consensus plays we had were just solid. Like, like we got in early on the on the sweat over at whatever price it was. And that was no sweat. And no, the, I mean a couple sweat. other ones. The there yeah. was a couple of Gary, overs. Gary like that, over the Haskins not, over. Yeah, I think a Gary lot over. Gary Josh over. Allen over was a no sweat. Um, Haskins over. Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. Yeah. Juwan Taylor still has been drafted. Take, <laughs> he wasn't even an offensive lineman taken in the top. For, what, eight or nine or ten, right? First offensive lineman was uh, – Jonah Williams, like eleven or something. I can't even remember. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it was. Uh, it was a very profitable draft. Yes, a winner. Draft. Winner number one, us. Us, and, and I guess uh, I'd like to kind of bring up some of the we we talked with, you know, we talked with uh, several people about this. Actually, I brought this up with somebody else too. But the how the books did it, and I'm very, how how curious we'll be looking at next week, next year. When it's actually in Vegas, but yeah, there was books, and we're not gonna just like shit on books or give congratulations to people that don't pay us, but like there was books that did things right, and there's books that did things wrong, and I think we kind of decided the consensus was don't yank our chain with ten dollar limit props or twenty five dollar yeah. limit props. If you're gonna take the time to put something up, fifty hundred bucks, whatever, make it at least a number that's not embarrassing. You don't you don't have to go five dimes or you know on or five thousand on on something <laughs> if you're gonna open it which which did happen later on but yeah. you know you don't have to open these props at a thousand a pop but don't yeah. be embarrassed don't embarrass yourself with twenty five dollar stuff like that, that's no fun. Yeah if you want to hit it I'm, I'm, I want to hit it. Yeah so, a couple I think yeah. the the consensus we came up was these these books need to if they're gonna take take the time to open it they need to open it fifty to a hundred and and have some self-respect but also at the same time like they do like they know they're gonna take a whooping like i would if i was running a sports book i wouldn't i wouldn't let them go higher than that like maybe on some of those that are in doubt or a little more you know untippable as far as picks maybe some over-unders on like overall number of players taken in this round offense defense that sort of thing maybe you could go a little higher but yeah like a lot of books got smoked on this and they will get smoked every year because these markets don't they move quick enough off information and i don't think they have enough dedicated traders to take care of that sort of thing so no stronger uh, i think i think we just kind of got we kind of got to know we kind of got to know who does what and how they do it and It'll that be was interesting valuable. to use some of that information next year. I think that yeah. was the biggest thing we took away was learning who raises their limits at all, who lets you rebet. And this it's funny, like we don't bet props, like we don't breathe it like some of the guys we talked to, like they already know this, this sort of stuff. Like they can tell you who's letting you rebet on props, who's gonna raise their limits. Yep. It, it is useful information if you want to start getting some money down in these, because you know, it's it's like uh what is it, Chris Kelly? Yeah, yeah, uh, our good hot friend. Dog, like, of... They were not let. They were they were not letting you get down big money on hot dog props, but he had enough outs and enough 
enough time to spend rebetting and watching numbers move and rebetting certain things that he was able to get a bunch down to the you know the amount of money he wanted to get down in little increments and that's yeah. it's interesting how some of those good prop bettors do it that way it is it's fascinating it's a grind for them for sure but their information was very 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 solid and i for sure i've learned a couple of valuable things bookmaker of the offshore space books uh clearly had the most aggressive limits and um and the fact that they left them left certain props up after things were getting tipped was pretty wild i gotta say given how wide those limits were uh but uh i haven't heard a lot of complaining or hand-wringing from books about getting washed on the props this year and i think overall there just must have been enough protection in terms of low you know keeping limits down and not opening and not hanging props until relatively close to the draft that they've kind of limited their exposure in that way but it'll be fascinating to see how it goes down in vegas next year for sure i have on my list of lessons learned um we are going to be fading players that have injury red flags or personal red flags like that was a pretty solid angle right if there was even a whiff of an injury red flag guys freaking slid like like 20 picks right and mock drafts not very valuable not very useful they're completely shaded with the italian talent evaluators perspective on where guys should go given how good they think they will be in the nfl and what team needs are and that's completely misaligned in times with how teams are evaluating talent and where they think their needs are right so it's, it was those some valuable lessons learned in those areas um and for sure i need to kind of take a deep breath and step back and take off the tinfoil hat because uh, I've, I sounded like uh, I sounded like Dave Gettleman at one point, convinced that uh, you know that every team in the league wanted my guy, so I had to take him sixth overall. Um, so it's uh, that's another good lesson to kind of keep in mind as we get into the 2019-2020 cycle. With all that, um, winner, loser, winner, uh, Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors. I want to bring this up real quick, uh, non NFL related. Kawhi was absolutely bananas in game one against the Sixers. The Raptors look like world beaters. Uh, I'm going to probably eat my words because they're going to do something dumb and lose game two at home tonight. Um, but uh, that, you know, that, that performance on, uh, on Saturday was outstanding. Um, got a little bit of uh, a little bit of equity and some Celtics too. So love that they picked up a game one upset. That was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, losers. Uh, the NBA overall, uh, having the Rockets Warriors game one devolve into such a finger pointing ref, uh, blaming shit show was pretty bad. Um, I got it. I yeah, was to, disappointed to, to say it ruined the game. Isn't an understatement. Like it's no, it, no it sucks. It, like, and you can't blame either team. It's not like, Oh, like people want to hate on, on the Warriors and, like just, uh, you know, I don't think that they they did anything. Like, the, the, what what have they done as an organization to earn that sort of if they're your rival stuff? But like the refs called that game. I don't, you know, I thought there's some scenario we come out where like Steve Kerr paid them all. Like it sucks. Like he shit on the refs. It was kind of an ugly game. They lost control and it just devolved from there. And then there was, there was like nineteen 
different plays that people are retweeting like oh is this not a foul and soft no, it's just there's no fun like nobody even talked about the game like the the lady by curry or some of the turnovers late it was just 100 percent referee talk yeah which is so boring it's awful it's awful and for a game that effectively felt like the nba finals game one in terms of importance uh to have it devolve in that way was pretty sad oh and pretty shitty um my general thoughts the referee the refs lost control in the first quarter pretty much like they lost control early and when that happens in a game where the magnitude is a hell of a lot higher than the refs were prepared for or the nba overall was prepared for they just weren't prepared for how high intensity that game was going to be uh and they lost control early and they they had they must have been prepped or given some you know sort of emphasis on Harden attempting to draw fouls from his three-point shot by kicking his legs out because there was one relatively early one where he was so obviously fouled it was just like a what the fuck moment like by Clay Clay Thompson like just obviously cleaned him on a three-point attempt and they didn't call the foul and I was like whoa 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 what the hell like what are they doing like okay i guess they're trying to make a statement that they're not going to call that a foul but we you know harden learned nothing from that and was determined to try to get that call like it was like in his head like i'm going to get this call and he tried it a bunch more times getting a little bit more marginal every time and ending with the you know the uh, three-point attempt against draymond green where if he's not screwing around, if he just lines that up and takes that shot, he could he probably drills it. Like he had he had uh, Draymond on his heels, uh, you know, clearly on his heels uh, and out of position to to really contest that shot. But it was almost like he was more intent on getting an opportunity to take a free throw after because maybe I don't maybe wanted the four point play or something but whatever it was like if he had just lined that up and taken that true instead of been preoccupied about trying to draw a foul I think he's got a better shot at making that attempt um and yeah and the fact that it ended that way with you know Chris Paul getting ejected and the big crying you know at the at the podium afterwards in the press conference and then you know Daryl Morey releasing this study he did which I found a little dubious and a little you know methodology was a little under question in my stand my from my standpoint i did not think uh it was scientific process was not yeah no 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 and you know independent arbiter take a look at some of that data and come up with a conclusion sure but they seem to be a little bit results oriented in how they went about that and i thought it was a little bit uh disappointing that we are really going to push this hard in this direction i mean clearly they still feel like they got cheated out of game seven last year by the refs that's lived with them for the entire offseason and now it's metastasizing in the way that they're dealing with this series and uh, it's a shame it's a shame and make a, make a three-pointer huh yeah and and I heard other people like kind of praising what the Rockets were doing from a strategic standpoint. I disagree. I thought their strategy was poor. Uh, I thought their you know they 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 switch on D continuously. Uh, they refused to double Durant, and Durant absolutely burned them in the fourth quarter. They made him take contested Durant's shots, pretty, but Durant makes he's those shots. Good. He's much. He's Durant yeah. is so long. And he has these such a, an uncanny ability to make those shots, and he His just turnaround. You're in it, yeah. When yeah. he does a turnaround, you end up in a different zip code. 
Like yes. it, yeah. you can guys on him like stink on shit. And then he does that turnaround and there's like five feet of space. It's yeah. it's always it's not like that's new. It's not like something he just came up with. Like yeah. you, you gotta I don't know. Like you gotta you know, double their, their you gotta double him off the first touch. It wasn't you, ha- you can't you can't let Durant bury you in the fourth quarter of these games because he's going to do it. Like you you made him take the tough shots and he freaking burned you with them. And if that's the way this is gonna go down and you're you know, then you're then you're toast if you're the Rockets and that's your defensive strategy. So Strongly consider doubling uh, Durant, especially in crunch time, and you know make Curry show make Curry show that he has the intestinal fortitude to to make a, a, a you know to make a three when the pressure's on and he's not you know being guarded by Nene, you know. So it's it's uh it's there for the taking. You talking shit about Nene? I don't think Nene should be on the floor in crunch time guarding Steph Curry. That's just that's my hot take <laughs> for that for today. Um, so. Anyway, they, um, we, I'm so going to challenge yeah, that later. I thought, show. I thought their defensive strategy was disappointing, uh, and I thought their offensive strategy was disappointing. I don't like the slow, slow, slow grind the clock uh, because the Warriors are are susceptible defensively. They are not a good defensive team right now. Clay Thompson is not moving well. Curry is not moving well, uh, and they have liabilities in terms of rim protection if they don't have Bogut on the floor. So, with all that said. You should, you know, run the quicker sets where they were engaging Capella, I thought were more effective than the ones where they were uh, allowing, after the switches, they were allowing the dubs to catch up on defense. They were, it is it, funny. It, it gave yeah, the dubs being a such better an analytical yeah. team. Right. And they gave for the being such an analytical chance. team. They are pretty stupid sometimes. It didn't make sense to me. And I worry about the Rockets because D'Antonio, D'Antoni, has shown through series past years past, he's not the fastest guy to make the right adjustments uh, to kind of fix these problems. So I don't, I kind of feel like you're going to see, you know, unless the refs do something utterly ridiculous and give the Rockets 45 free throws in game two, I don't think that uh, that they that you see any different result um, because I don't think the Warriors can, you know, I don't think they will play, you know, that. I don't, you know, I don't think Steph's, you know, gonna, um, you know, wait until the fourth quarter to take three point shots again. Like he's gonna test you this time, and he's gonna take more of those those attempts, and he's gonna make some. So, anyway, uh, it should be a fun series. I still think the Warriors advance. I I feel more like it's gonna be a four or five game series today than I did before it started. Other people are like, oh no, Rockets are still in this. This I don't see it. I really don't. Um, and a lot of it is because of how the level of KD is playing right now. Um, you know, I thought the only chance that the Rockets really had was kind of hoping that the Warriors imploded when the going got tough, but it looks like they're not going to make the going tough for the Warriors. So, so be it. Um, good try, Rockets. Uh, it's going to be a shame that uh, that they got nothing this last two years when they had MVP James Harden uh, playing at this level, but I think that's where we're at. How about you? Winner and loser for the weekend. What do you got? You want to go football? I mean, we already talked about this. I think we already talked about this. Well, yeah, we already talked about the Blazers and the shot, and that was still fun. It's fun. Like, I, I hope it's I hope it's Blazers dubs. I think that'll be entertaining. I don't think it matters. I, you know, Houston, just the way it's seeded out, it sucks because this should be the Western Conference Finals. But Blazers dubs will be fun. Um, yeah, the Celtics getting like a twenty point win. That was I have to agree with you on that one. That was maybe not surprising, but surprising that they, that, I mean, their second half, they just dominated. That got ugly, especially. And, I mean, they were up big at a certain point in the first half, too. Like, it, it didn't ever feel like it was that much in doubt. 
Um, what's the other series? What's the one we're missing? Oh, the one that's going on right now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're looking uh, They look like shit right now. Should we live bet uh, Toronto live in a yeah. podcast? Yeah, probably. What's the number? What's their what's the money line right now? Is it plus yet? Uh, it's got to be. Yeah, maybe it's still early though. Um, yeah, draft wise, I mean, do we just should we just skip the Giants? Like, because everyone else has already talked about this. Like that was a reach. Gettleman got outmaneuvered. Um, you know his comments about how he's happy with his his uh, resume. He's not really responsible for any of the quarterbacks that he had success with and anywhere. Right. Like it, it, he's not. He was in. He was in the right spot. Like he came in late. I mean, this is like a a Barry Switzer championship. It's it's dumb. Like he's not good. He absolutely reached. He is clueless. He's just not self-aware. He's like, "We'll see you looks crazy in three years." Like that wasn't. I'm not saying the kid's not good, but he's not top six good. It was like how we talked about Oakland. You know, Oakland's. You know, your your theory about Oakland, like having to go get a quarterback because they might not have this chance again. Like New York went with that. Like we were talking about the wrong team, I guess. New York mm-hmm. absolutely could have done a lot of other things. They should have waited till the seventeenth and just taken whatever. I don't know if it would. Did anyone else have Jones high on their board? Like, I think it's fifty-fifty. He's there at seventeen, so whatever. Like I just said, we won't talk about the Giants, but here we are. Um, I didn't love the Jets. Not as like New York in general. Like the Jets had some nice picks, but I kind of wanted to see a receiver. Didn't happen. No. Who was your biggest loser? I guess we had a couple we agreed on, like being huge losers. I yeah, Gettleman pretty clearly get, trading away Snacks Harrison and then using a first round draft pick on a nose tackle was mind blowing. Uh, caring about yeah. run defense or the running game at all was mind blowing. Um, Mike McCoy took a. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, the hell's his name? Mike Mayock. Sorry, Mike Mayock took a gigantic step backward in terms of my expectations or my my just my my thinking on his potential as a GM. Uh, pretty clearly, Gruden wanted Jacobs the running back and told him as much. And rather than kind of challenge him and say, you know, hey, this draft capital is better spent elsewhere because the running back class is bad this year and we could get a running back late instead of going down that road he kind of bought all in on yeah we need jacobs he's our guy to the tune of the eagles traded in front of them they thought the eagles wanted a running back and they had a mini meltdown that they were going to lose their guy like like what what that's not a professional like operation Pull yourself together. if that's your if that's a, if that's your draft room and you care that much about that player and that position like what you know this, this is not a good sign for your overall competency as far as an organization goes. And I legitimately expect that they're going to be like bottom three, but, but not bottom one or two, which would put them squarely behind two teams that need quarterbacks uh, next year in the draft. And they're going to be stuck with like, well, I guess our, we don't love the third best guy. Uh, I guess, should we just bring car back? Like, it, like they're going to be in that exact uh, situation where they're going to have to pay Carr thirty million dollars for like bottom, you know, bottom ten performance. They didn't address, address the Raiders didn't address the middle of their offensive line. Carr 
so obviously crumples when the when the uh, pocket collapses from interior pressure. Yet all that they've done so far to this point uh, in in free agency to address the offensive line has been tackles. So it was it was very very surprising to me the decisions that they made and the direction they went. And I was disappointed in Mayock in terms of his ability to actually be an effective general manager for uh, this era of football. So Raiders were a loser to me. Um, Packers. Losers. It's funny. How we, it's the, the same. It's the losers. same teams. Yeah, they are. It, but it, it, it's the same teams because, like, that we talk about being losers during the season. You know, as far as just management from management side, because like the teams that I jotted down that we've talked about, plus like I have Houston. Like these are just. It's the same. It's like they're smart kids and dumb kids. You know, just like school, and <laughs> the dumb kids did poor again. Like we're grading on a curve here. Um, yeah, Packers, <sighs> Rashawn Gary, was that, what was our, what was their second rounder? I'm trying to think. I didn't really look too deep into it. I, I don't follow, I they, don't follow exactly what their, their needs. I there guess, were, were a couple of teams that traded up for reaches like, or didn't trade down for reaches. Yeah. Um, and the Packers were one of those teams. And it kind of felt like the Packers were like passive aggressively determined not to get the kind of offensive weapons that would help Darnell Aaron, Aaron Rodgers thrive throughout the later half of his uh, you know, the later half of his career here in Green Bay. Like that Darnell Savage was a reach of twenty one. They traded up to get him, right? Um, That's a big yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's, that was a that, reach. That I'm looking at their that was a reach. I like the I like the tight end. He might be he might play. I don't know. I'm I'm not finding much I love about this. Like I, I mean, what is your plan? Like the defense defense doesn't matter, running backs don't matter. Get something. How many more years Aaron Rodgers do you have? Like get get something. You, you don't want to go first round wide out, but maybe in the second round they should have they should have been snagging something. Honestly, yeah. offense, they didn't do a right. whole lot. Right. Except reach and guess they got they got Jenkins, the the guard. It's just nothing nothing exciting. And the, and they reached right away. Like it's yeah. It's not it's not like they're a super bad loser, but I'm just calling it a whole hum draft. Yeah. I think honestly from like a need standpoint, I had well Carolina, we'll get back to them, but from like a need standpoint, I had Houston pretty high up the shit list. Yes. As far as, as they, they kind of got snagged. They got snagged on a, I think their guy got taken. And as much as you can say, like, oh, you, you can't panic when you're. Their guy wasn't really expected to be there at that point in time. Just, there was yeah, a guy I mean, free falling the, to them. They just the, didn't, they got leaped. They on. didn't have another, like, backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. yeah so the, the, the tackle they took, like, he's a day two. He's a day two guy. Like, Without when we it. talked, because we broke down, we broke down the who who would go from Alabama because we're looking at props and and I think he was like my oh no Alabama State oh and I'm looking at the wrong guy now I'm looking at the wrong damn team either way Alabama State uh the the other guy Titus Howard like that's yeah. a day two guy I'm trying to figure out who reached in it because the Alabama prop that's the one that got way goofed up in my mind as far as who got taken because we had a plan on that and we should look back at how that would have gone, like the the under Alabama players over tight ends scheme we came up with. That yeah, there I were three. I don't well. remember it either, but there were three Alabama players taken, including uh, 
the running back, uh, and there was not a second running back, so I think it would have been a win loss. A win push. push. It would have been a win push. Yeah, win, win loss, push. yeah. Win yeah. Push. Um, okay. So Either way, yeah, not ask, Alabama. Yeah. Alabama State, but yeah, that 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 was a reach. Granted, the, there were some good tackles, and they got snagged in front of them, and then the, the next day, uh, who's the other guy? Max Sharping? I don't know. That seemed like a reach, too. Yeah, it just uh, you you needed to improve the offensive line, and they they shot for that. They just didn't they didn't hit the mark. I got a I got I got a couple more losers for you. Pretty obvious losers. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs losers big time, and it's because of Tyreek Hill and because of what that does to the complexion of their offense, Uh, and the fact that their general manager does not seem to be interested in coming up with a plan to have a good pass defending secondary. Um, that's a problem in today's NFL. You can't go to war with these guys that they have as defensive backs. They are going to get utterly and completely torched. Steve Spagnuolo is your defensive coordinator. This is going to be an utter train wreck. I am so sure of this. I don't even really know, you know how to say it more certainly. They are legitimately a peg down in my mind as contenders having done nothing to address their secondary with young talent and uh and losing Tyreek Hill. Uh and I think actually this opens up the door wide for the Chargers who I thought were winners. I thought the Chargers picked up two really nice defensive pieces. They have a very complete team. Uh and I think the Chargers should be your favorite to win the NFC the AFC West and that is not reflected in the odds. You can still get Chargers plus 200 out there readily at a lot of shops. Uh, and that that's mind-blowing to me because the Chargers now, in my mind, are the clear best team in the NFL under the under the uh, you know condition that Tyreek Hill really does not take a snap for the Chiefs this year, which I think is pretty high likelihood. Um, but even if Ty- Tyreek Hill is out there, the, Char- the, the Chiefs' defense took a downgrade amazingly. This year, I can't even freaking yeah. believe this. It was a bad. But it's a bad defense. I can't. It was a bad worse. defense, and they got worse. And uh, I, are I, there are there totals anywhere available yet? Should we just bet every over? That's. I don't think anyone has totals up yet. There are totals available for week one. Uh, the Chiefs and Jags number looked low. The other told the other team that I think is is in trouble defensively is the Niners. Uh, their secondary is also problematic, and that they're going to be an over team this year too. Niners, the Niners and the uh, and the Chiefs. I'm just going to blind bet those overs until they fix the numbers. Uh, and then the um, the Cowboys look like a good uh, under team this year to me. So keep put that in your put that in your uh, in your notebook for for fall. Um, the uh, yeah, so I like the Chargers a lot to win the AFC West. I think that was a pretty obvious outcome of the weekend's events. Um, and uh, I think, I think you know, Mahomes, Andy Reid, these guys. I think they are going to miss John Dorsey uh, as general manager uh, because I don't like the moves that this guy came up with. I know people are kind of lauding his wide receiver choices, like this guy can step right in and be a Tyreek Hill replacement. I, I'm not. I'm not there. No way. Not. Not this guy. Uh, not yet, at least. Maybe in like two or three years, can replace some of that production. But uh, Tyree Kill was such a unique uh, weapon in terms of changing the way you have to go about pass defense that it really did help elevate uh, Pat Mahomes to the level where he won MVP in his second year in the league. And I don't think you're going to see anywhere near the type of production from that player or that position or that unit. So 
take that for what it's worth. And you know um, what? Sneaky, sneaky pick from the Chargers. Local boy, Trey Pipkins. Oh. <laughs> if, I don't know if anyone even knows this uh, school, the University of Sioux Falls. Nice. USF, yeah, Minnesota guy. Might nice. be a might be a guy that can be a can be a starting tackle. And I think he's sitting. Hopefully, he makes squad. It'll be one of those cases where he'll probably be a starting tackle, but elsewhere. Like these guys that are borderline to make the team, they always seem to pop up elsewhere in a year or two. He's yeah. he'll be a guy I'm gonna follow. You know what? I'm putting him on putting him on my list. But put yeah, him on that, your radar. Uh, put him on your radar. The Chiefs got worse. The Chiefs got worse, and it's uh, yeah, like whatever. I try to separate what's happening in the real world of sports, but yeah, like Tyreek Hill, that wasn't great. It wasn't great what you did. So probably, I don't know. I, and I, I tried to take some guesses and, you know, it got brought up in the numerous conversations and chats of like what should be done, what will be done. Like, I never know. The NFL is so scattershot with their punishment. Like who even knows? Yeah. Like, nothing, knows? nothing at this point would ever surprise me about an NFL you know, disciplinary ruling. That's, no, nothing. I'm clueless on what's going to happen. It's like pass interference. I, I can't tell you what it looks like. Right. Oh, I'll tell you. Uh, what about I got Colts? a winner and loser. I got a winner and Talk loser Colts. for you. Talk let, let's let, Talk let's. Uh, okay, well, in. I I don't have I I I I was just going to say in general, Chris Ballard from the Colts as a GM has moved up into like my top five power ranking of general managers in right. NFL. That guy's good. He's very good. He managed to work his way into the part of the draft where he could swing on a whole bunch of, uh, you know, high, high, um, you know, high ceiling guys uh, and hit a bunch of positions in need. They have a shitload of cap space. I don't know what the hell they're saving it all for, um, but they got a good team and they got a ton of cap space. In my opinion. Well, they should be the, the clear favorite to win the AFC South, in my opinion, because I think all of the other teams in the AFC South took a step back this offseason. Uh, and as we kind of talked about, I think you're looking at unders uh, across the board. I mean, obviously, the Jags didn't take a step backward. Like, they kind of addressed their quarterback position, but they still have huge issues on their offensive line. They have no weapons in the passing game. Uh, they don't. They, they have a problem in, in Leonard Fournette. I don't know how the, the Jaguars compete for that division against the Colts. Like, I don't see it. So... Um, Colts, congratulations on the AFC South title. Um, similarly, the uh, the, the and, and um, it's super hard to grade yeah. out. I think it's one of the hardest positions to like grade out if they're going to work out or not is wide receiver because you have so many busts. So many. It it just, just I don't throw, know. Maybe I'm going to throw base, a lot of darts. No, you no, just no, got to throw darts. But I like I like Paris Campbell. I watch. I don't know. I just I feel like I just watched a lot of Big Ten football. I don't know. Dude, he was Ohio State is a wide receiver factory, I, man. Michael Thomas. Yeah, uh, no. They, they've they've put out some pretty pretty freaking talented wide receivers. Um, yeah, and I do Chris have high hopes for I I do, and I love the fact that their wide receiver tandem is Paris Hilton. That's that's phenomenal. Good work by you. Um, and also, you know what? You know how else the Colts won? Uh, tried Pat McAfee out to do the uh, the that one pick. Did you see that clip? <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, that he, guy was outstanding. That went on he for like a minute electric. longer than I thought it was gonna. I'm like, he did, yeah, yeah. He could have stopped. Really he could have stopped it, a little yeah. earlier, but he, he really but, went for it. But his his opening his opening no, he went uh, his opening couple of jokes were just fantastic, uh, and I laughed my ass off. Yeah. Um, and he's he was great. Yeah. Uh, so think, good job, Pat McAfee. And the yeah, I think Campbell, 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 and Sin, yes, Sin, probably could have gone a little higher. 
Like those were both I pretty so decent value picks. Yeah. As far as just how we were betting things or how we were looking at, you know, which players were going based on the props. Yeah. And yeah. I think I don't know, maybe maybe draft Knicks would agree with us that those are good grabs. And yeah, I would definitely agree that the Colts are probably the cream of the AFC South and with a big asterisk on we'll see what happens in Jacksonville. Big swing, big difference there. We're uh as we move out of the Blake portals here, I still could don't be see a completely I still different team. Could be anywhere. Way worse. I still no, I don't. I don't. I'm not near sold. the weapons or protection to afford Nick Foles any kind of a the success he had in Philly. So we'll, I'm I'm I am not yeah. buying them until proven otherwise. They're a show me team. Um, so let's uh, let me let me let me bring up one other winner in the in the Chris Ballard conversation, kind of tangential here, and that is who had by far and away the most impressive process. Uh, on uh, not necessarily in love with all the picks, but the best process by far, John Schneider of the Seattle Seahawks. This guy really came in with the plan and executed it to poor perfection in terms of accruing multiple swings on a draft that really did not have any bona fide true blue blue chip players, in my opinion. Uh, he's got a whole, um, you know, a whole stable of uh, of potential horses, and you know what? A bunch of them are going to work out. And you know why? Because Seattle can coach and develop talent on all over the field, except for the offensive line. Uh, they are very, very good at coaching up <laughs> players who are not necessarily the most talented and turning them into bona fide, you know, contributors on a on a team that has playoff aspirations. Like every wide receiver they've had. Every wide receiver they've ever had. Every defensive back they've ever had. Every free, every you know yeah. edge rusher they've ever had. Like even though you know every linebacker they've ever had, like they coach these guys up like bananas, well. And Schneider has the, exactly the right attitude for how you succeed in the current NFL climate, which is take a bunch of swings, let your coaches do their job, and then when it comes to paying these guys, make it someone else's problem and accumulate talent, accumulate accumulate uh, you know capital uh, to take more swings and the next round draft. And, you know, even even though I did not love this draft in terms of player talent, uh, and I don't know that we're going to see a ton of, you know, injection of talent contributing to wins this year, especially, um, you know, the idea that you would take a whole bunch in the range that he got swings was freaking brilliant, considering how little uh, little he had in hand uh, heading into day one. So congratulations. Good job by you. Still, they, they make some bizarre picks. I don't. I don't. I don't understand how. I want everything you said. I don't know. Everything you said. It was like the opposite yeah. of. Yeah. It was like the opposite of Carolina. Yes. Yes. Like Carolina yes. got. It, it was like all right. So Seattle, great maneuvering, great process. I mean, just great gamesmanship, and then suspect picks, and then Carolina. It's like man, they got they got their guys, but the way they went about it was just fucked. Like, <laughs> yes. it, it was complete it was. opposite in my mind. Like, like yeah. you, you made you made some, I don't know. And may, maybe maybe in my mind it's that way, and maybe that's the way to do it. Because if I mean, if if you feel like you're a superior evaluator of talent, you just want to go get your guys. You don't need the darts. You don't need the extra picks. Sure, I don't believe that to be true, but maybe somebody else <laughs> in that organization does. Sure, and they say that these are our guys. We're going to get them no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, uh, winner. Carol, yeah, Carolina got their players. But, uh, there's another. Yeah, there's another yeah, division. There's another division with a clear winner and loser, in my opinion. 
And I'm curious your thoughts on this, because this is one of these that's going to be kind of one that we come back to time and again over the course of the season. Uh, and the winner and loser exists in the, do you know what division I'm going to say? The AFC North. No, I, I don't know which one. The AFC North. Oh. The Browns did well. And the, and the Ravens did really poorly. I feel strongly that the Browns did well. And this is my case. Number one, it's really hard. It's really hard to grade it without the picks. You know, the, they traded. It's like the Browns. I put capital. the Browns. Yeah, I put the Browns and yeah, they did. I guess I put the Browns and the the Saints on like a no grade because they, the Bra- the Browns traded had. the Browns traded draft capital in a weak draft for the most impactful non quarterback player in offensive game in the NFL for this coming year in Odell Beckham Jr. I feel very, very strongly about this. And the fact that you would give up picks in a draft, you know, like, like who are they going to take with that first overall pick? Some unknown oh, I, I versus Odell I thought we were just talking about the draft. No, no, just, just, on the, on just on the fact, just on the fact that they traded capital for a proven player who is that impactful and that good is worthy of recognition. And then to turn that around. Yeah, it's the Patriot around, way. Yeah, right. And there they were now they were a team with relatively few holes. They gave away Jabril Peppers in that trade and they went and grabbed Greedy Williams. Guy talented talented kid out of LSU. I I will be fascinated to see how he develops in terms of an NFL pro- prospect. That if one of two things happened, either he dropped because there's an injury that no one that only some NFL scouts knew about that we don't or uh teams were legitimately concerned about his unwillingness to tackle if it's the later that is such a bad reason to pass on a talented cover cornerback it's just it's just not it's you know the, what happens at the point of the ball between the receiver and the cornerback is so much more important than their willingness to tackle from the cornerback position i can't even wrap my brain around why you would downgrade a player who has the cover skills that he has on the basis of tackling. So I'm, I'm predicating my grade. on. Well, I, I, I want to agree with you on that because that's, yeah, it's a, that is kind of a, maybe we're getting too deep into the analytics era and looking at everything where you're, you're weighing that you're just weighting it improperly. Fuck, it's like, you know who else couldn't tackle Deion Sanders? He yeah, was like exactly. he'd alligator arm everything. He was exactly. off. He was embar- it was embarrassing to watch him tackle sometimes. Yeah. But man, like and you know who's a if, great if the receiver never catches exactly. you know what if they never throw the ball that way because yes, you're over the blanket at coverage. Yes. It doesn't matter if you you don't have to tackle if they don't catch the ball. Yes, so that it, I do I'm, I don't I'm, think- I am a little I, yeah, go I thought it was ballsy because of the possible injury, like or whatever they wanted to. If there's no injury, it's a great pick. They needed corner. They needed a linebacker. They got, they got both, Mac Wilson they got in round five. Late. Like that was like yeah. They got, got him got, later on. Know, we'll see. Bonus, yeah, we'll uh, see. He's not going to be. He's not going to be. An you all know, those pro, are tough because those are gonna, more darts. He's going to make you know, the roster. Yeah, he's on. not an all pro, but he's going to make the roster. And the linebacker position is exactly where you fill your roster with replacement level guys. Like that's like, he's like a legitimate, uh, you know, contributor in my mind. He's not going to be, you know, fill up the statute tackles, but I don't think you really have to worry about that. That was a great pick too. But, you know, but, but to circle back on, on the, they drafted a kicker. that was bad. That was bad. 
But the Patriots drafted a, <laughs> somebody else. Drafted somebody else drafted a punter in the third round in my and I about fell out of my chair. But it, but uh, but yeah, to circle back. Yeah, Daryl Revis. Daryl Revis. He was not a great tackler. He was amazing in coverage. Like that. Like I don't. I'm not saying that that's your a fair comp for Greedy Williams. But like that. Like. That's what you have. That's how you have to frame this. And guess what? Guess who was a great tackler? Jabril Peppers. Put the, just, the, the Jabril Peppers you just traded to the Giants. That guy could tackle like crazy. He was a great tackler. Guess what he couldn't do? He couldn't cover. Like that is exactly the right swap for those positions. And you did it while getting your hands on Odell Beckham Jr., a generational talent, a wide receiver for your young quarterback who is, you know, gonna take the league by storm this year. I'm I'm like all in buying in on the on the Browns and what they've done this offseason. I really am impressed. Um, and I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think their Super Bowl price, I think their AFC price are laugh out loud numbers uh, because this is an inexperienced team that when the going gets tough in the playoffs, they're going to do something dumb just because they've never been there before. We see it every year with this kind of team. The freaking Chiefs did it to us last year for crying out loud. So I would say the Browns are, you know, but the Browns are very live in my mind to win the AFC North. They're very live to go over their nine, their win total of nine. Um, and uh, and I want to kind of ca- ca- you know, I want to couch this or bookend this discussion with with a little bit of a what the fuck did the Ravens do? Why did the Ravens draft receivers with this set of skills for a quarterback who has accuracy issues? What are they doing? Like you legitimately, yeah, great. You needed a wide receiver to pair with your young quarterback so they can develop together. Strong agree. You know who you go get? Go get a guy in the mold of a Deshaun, of a of a um, uh, of a Hopkins. Go get a Nuke Hopkins. Get a guy with an enormous catch radius who's physical, who will be able to muscle out, you know, passes in the eleven to fifteen yard range and take some of the pressure off of your quarterback going through his progressions, you know, going through his read and and finding accurate darts 40 yards down the field, landing on a postage stamp where your mark where your Hollywood Brown has gotten open to. Like I, I the fit between the players they drafted and the rest of their roster was so at odds. I don't even know where to begin. And the I fact don't know. that they I'm a pretty big Miles Boykin guy. Is he is he does he have the skill set to be paired well with for, an inaccurate quarterback. He's six four. He's he's tall. He's long. I think he. I think that's man for for what was it third round? Was he a third rounder? I got. I, I don't have that one in front of me. Like where they drafted everybody. I just. I I thought Boykins. Like as far as the offense goes, like Hollywood. I get what you're saying about the you know your other receiver there. But I think Boykins in the third round, and then Justice Hill fourth, or I think he was fourth. Like it's just like the running back don't matter thing. Like now you got what? What are they paying Ingram? Like, what's what's Ingram's uh, contract? Too 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 much by I mean, two it, times. I have no idea. Yeah, so like like this helps balance that out because he's yeah Ingram's probably getting four or five a year, which. So then you, you pair that with a rookie contract, like that, then your your backfield is getting paid about what you should be throwing in a backfield, like and, and that's what you hope to do for a few years, and then just replace them when they get expensive. So I, I liked adding a, a mid round running back to a split carry because Ingram, I think, is a definitely a carry split guy, and then yeah, Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, baby. I'm I'm actually I like the picks. I don't know. Oh man, you know the inaccuracy is one inaccuracy is one thing, but 
don't know, Boykin. Boykin's a big dude. I don't like. I just don't like the complexion of this offense heading into this year. I don't think. I think with a year to prepare for the running attack, running focused attack that they were rolling out with Lamar Jackson last year, the it's it's in, you are you are you are almost um, forced to come up with a more balanced approach on offense this year because teams are going to be prepared for that. Uh, and in in that vein, I don't think you really. Oh, set and up I, th- your I think they know that they will. Okay, well, I don't think they've set him up to succeed very I think, well. And, and really a, mobile, a mobile quarterback is a wide receiver's best friend. Like a mobile quarterback that can sit and make you put guys in coverage for six, seven seconds, yeah. you know, longer plays. Like that, that's gonna, that's gonna. Who else do they have in the receiving court right now, though? Yeah, I just oh, feel I like one. I just feel like you're gonna have. I just feel like I just feel like you're gonna see a broken record of Lamar Jackson overthrows uh, to Brown. 45 yards down the field over the course of, uh, you know, over the course of the season. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty difficult to get over that. But, uh, and also, if, and speaking of, I don't know over, if they use them as a threat. They, uh, they lost a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball via free agency uh, and depth as well. And they didn't backfill any of that, which was really cool. strange. Yeah, Suggs mostly. Yeah. That, that was strange to me that they did not backfill talent on the defensive side of the ball since they've shown the ability to coach those guys up into role players, not even getting guys to do that was weird to me. Um, and uh, so uh, they, they, did get selling, a, they got an edge rusher on day two. You combine. Yeah. Third round. This guy, this guy does not look like an impactful player from the metric standpoint. Maybe he will be, but whatever the case is, I, I am just, I'm selling on the Ravens based on their, attempts to address the needs and doing so in a way that I feel like does not fit with how their guys can be set up to succeed. Uh, and Oh, by the way, they have the hardest schedule of all of the teams that are contending for the, uh, for the AFC North. So um, I'm, I'm full on Brown's camp right now. And, um, and I'm pretty cool on what the Steelers did too. trading up to 10 to draft a linebacker. Like I had a lot more respect for the Steelers GM heading into this draft than I did after after that move. Like Devin Bush may go on to have a Hall of Fame career at linebacker. He may rack up eighty to one hundred tackles a season for the next ten years, sure. But that was a very very strange pick given the fact that you're going to be going up against Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. twice a year for the next five years and I, I, so. I want to defend i want to defend my guy because i felt like i kind of like this guy and maybe um the jalen ferguson that's the they did get an edge rusher granted they needed a lot more defense to to fill in because the ravens lost a good chunk of the and they not only a chunk of defense but a chunk of leadership and that's yes. not easy obviously not replaceable through the draft but the the edge rusher they had at 17 and a half sacks last year 26 tackles for loss. Granted, Conference USA, let's put a little asterisk on it, but still, seems like they, they might, if he, he might make the squad. I have a third rounder if he puts the numbers, anything like that. Oh, I'm sure I'll make the squad, but I don't know if conference. I'll make an impact. Yeah, I'm sure I'll make the squad, but I don't know if I'll make the impact an impact this year. And I just don't, I mean, so much of the Ravens' success last year was predicated on having a rushing-focused attack when teams were not well prepared for it and when it was the time of year where rushing focused attack lended itself to success because the weather was getting colder and windier and you know players were wearing down 
less separation between wide receivers and cornerbacks, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, you know, they succeeded a certain way at a certain time that I don't think is repeatable, especially given the way that they have rostered this team. They not, they're not going to do it on defense this year. They're not going to do it with rushing this year. Uh, and that begs the question, then how? And if, you know, may, maybe I've completely whiffed on my perception of some of these players and it's all fine, but, um, but I, think, uh, I think they are due for a pretty significant step back in terms of production and, and win total. Um, and, um, you know, I'll put my if, money I think and office, it, all, it all comes down to one guy. I think we, we kind of we missing, yes, the, yes, we're missing the headline true. there. If, that's true. If the accuracy does not improve, I mean, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? The receiver, not Boykin, the other one. Yeah, Brown, Brown. Hollywood Brown. He can be a, a super. Ex- he, he's an explosive player. He's explosive, but if you can't get him the ball, he's not explosive. Same thing with Boykin, real tall guy. He's not thirteen feet tall. If you overthrow him on <laughs> in end zone, it, it's not gonna. It's not gonna matter how tall he is. He can yeah. be, you know, six inches taller than the quarterback. It's still not going to matter if the if the accuracy is just shit. So if if the accuracy doesn't get better, the team isn't going to be good. Can you point to any examples of where you've had a quarterback like Lamar Jackson who has been able to improve accuracy year over year, relatively early in his career? I can't think of any. I can't think of a comp. Accuracy is one of those things that I yeah, kind of think you're stuck. Like you can you can develop a quarterback in terms of ability to read a defense, in terms of real ability to make decisions, in terms of finding a scheme that accentuates their strengths and and, and hides their weaknesses. But uh, accuracy is one of those that is not easy to address, and I feel like that's the fatal flaw with Lamar. Could be wrong. Yeah, they better uh, they better work on that. Well, I mean, no, you're right. Like, uh, I don't know if it is correctable, but um, if it's not, they're fucked. And if it is, they might be a really good team because mm-hmm. they are starting to put some pieces. This guy had the most sacks in the whole whole NCAA last year. Can't believe you're shitting on my boy Jalen. Hey, he was the eighty fifth pick in the draft. He was the eighty fifth pick in the draft, and he was about the fifteen. Well, he went to a little school. Okay, all right, all right. He went to a small school, you know. they they believed in him. I forgot Josh. I thought it was Josh Allen had the sacks lead. I guess he was okay. off by half sack. Okay. Um, last team. Last team. I want to get your take on. Uh, a lot was made of the Patriots winning the draft, of destroying the draft. A lot of people were hand wringing about that. Did you get that sense? I didn't really. I don't. I'm not excited about yeah. this this team really. I mean, they're going to win the no, AFC East no, again no. by default. They did okay. I think they did good. I don't think they did bad. Like, uh, I guess I didn't really pay attention. The the receiver, I mean, they seem to be able to develop receivers well. I mean, sometimes not everyone works out well. Um, I mean, they had a lot of picks. I guess I'll give them that. (laughs) But I just... I, you know, taking a quarterback. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like you know, it's hard to grade them. them out too because they'll 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 make some. Yeah, they're gonna make some moves. Yeah, like they, they make their moves. Four. They don't make their moves. Was a what was a was a little bit of a what the fuck? Uh, taking they always had, like I can't even like get excited about that back, anymore because they always do stuff like that. Round, why'd they take Damian Harrison the, in round yeah. t- Damian Harrison round three? Like what was the hell was that? Uh, is Chase Winovich any good? I I have huge huge he was one of the guys that i had circled like oh some team's gonna end up with this guy i think uh, he's but, better than gary 
Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, he has the athleticism. Then, uh, I, I don't know. Like, the running back thing is some people. Some people graded. Some people graded that Damian Harris as like he should have gone higher, but at the same time, he's a running back. Like, should he have really? Like that. That you know. That's your opinion, man. I guess. Uh, you know, some people said the Patriots got like Damian Harris fell to them. But again, it's running back. The yeah, the Stidham thing was weird. Uh, they took a punter. Yeah, it was kind of a weird. I think Harry could be a good player, especially you lost, you know, Gordon. That's a problem. They they lost Trey Flowers. Uh, there's talks too to, about. Yeah, and th- this would be this would be. I mean, just give them give them another Super Bowl. If the Vikings and the Vikings have said they're not going to pay Kyle Rudolph what he's getting right now. Like if Kyle Rudolph goes and just replaces fucking Gronk, good luck, people. It's Kyle Rudolph, like name me the best quarterback he's ever had thrown to him. And especially an offense that's so predicated around the tight end. Sammy so Sleeves, bro. If that happens, what's that? Sammy Sleeves is probably his best quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so had, had, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm I think not, the Patriots. Really... The Patriots moves are made. They're not made in April. Like Patriots are going to do some some free agency shopping. They always, they always seem to make something work out with a trade or free agency, and they just yeah. do whatever they do in the draft. Nobody given how much, given how much capital much. they had, given how much capital they had in this draft, I would have liked to have seen them do what they do and accrue players who are proven to be able to contribute to a team on the fly who is competing for a Super Bowl, as opposed to take swings on guys that I think are pretty low floor. To be honest, like you guys, you can talk about high ceiling. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, some of these guys look like they might not be NFL players in, in two, three years, which is a little bit uh, concerning from my standpoint. But uh, yeah, tra- have, trading up for that corner was a little suspect, too. It was. And and I'll also admit I have a fundamental bias. I do not think Bill Belichick can evaluate talent well. I um, that is one of my operating assumptions, uh, born out of the Patriots drafts. As you look over them over the last eight years, uh, it's been at least eight years since I think Bill Belichick has made, um, a, has taken a very solid swing at evaluating a draft class and done well. Which is, I, and I don't think I'm being, I don't think I'm being. It's, uh, it's super hard to shit on a team that always wins, though. I, but that's like, because of the way that they go matter? about their roster construction. They they've the gone draft? away from it. They've gone away from it. Like they're literally like, rather than trading out and accumulating picks and taking swings on the guy, you know, instead of you know trading draft capital for players who are you know clear players in the roster that can be coached up and into into roles, uh, they they just kind of took a bunch of guys that looked like they might suck. In my opinion, so I don't think the Patriots did especially well, and I think they're going to miss. That, the and that's the thing; I mean, none of it will it. matter when they grab Kyle Rudolph off free agency. I don't know if Kyle Rudolph yeah, is like, a replacement. When, for when Rudolph's a free I agent, I don't think Kyle Rudolph gets eighty oh, percent of Gronk. What's Kyle Rudolph's I contribution? Think he's better than Gronk game? because what, he's healthy. What, what's What's up with Kyle Rudolph's inability to provide any contributions to the running game? One of Gronkowski's most overlooked um, aspects of his game that helped the Patriots in the last two years. Kyle Rudolph. That I is true, him, but I don't see him in that role at all. Man, Gronk, Gronk missed, Gronk missed. And granted, Rudolph was hurt too, but it's an awful. Like I'm not saying Kyle Rudolph is Gronkowski, 
but not having either of them is much worse than having Kyle Rudolph. Like, he's still a top yeah, five tight end. That's like, true. Getting getting that's him true. is right. much better than the current situation. Right. The way just the way and, that they're rostered, said they're not going to pay him. Yeah. Just the the way that the that the Patriots are rostered heading into this season looks like an even worse team than last year. And I know they won the Super Bowl last year, so this is ridiculous sounding, but they were a fucking bad Patriots team last year. And they're an even worse Patriots team this year, in my opinion. I, I just I don't see where you're getting the production from some of these you know players and pieces. And granted, by week eight, their coaching is so phenomenal and they have advantages in so many other aspects of how you win football games that they're going to be fine. Like, I know that. But it's it's frustrating because this I don't know. This is it's a it's a I'm saying frustrating. Like I really don't give two hells if they win a seventh Super Bowl for Tom Brady, but um, but it's it doesn't does not this does not have the makings of of a very positive season for the Patriots in my opinion. I think a lot of things are going to come. I don't know. It's, it's not it's not over. I mean, it's not, this isn't their roster. This is not the roster. We're we're it's April 29th. There's a lot of things to shake out. Like we we shit on the Patriots after their draft every year. And I, I don't know, like, is he just screwing with us at this point? They traded. I, I forgot. I, did, I guess I wasn't even paying attention at this point. But I looked at this, uh, their late round. They traded up for that punter. Yeah, <laughs> it was so Not bizarre. only did they take a punter, they moved They moved up. That's a thing now. That cracks me up. It, maybe maybe it, this it was is guy, and, and the guy was right-footed on version top of two, all that. On top of all that, he was right-footed. So oh. re, then now really explain to me Not what the right. hell they're doing. Yeah, not great, Bob. Um, my general takeaway on this moment, April 28th, 29th, on April 29th, I think the Ninth. AFC comes, I think I the AFC, it. I think the AFC comes down to uh, the Chargers and the Colts with the uh, with the Browns knocking on the door if somehow, some way, these guys can play well in the playoffs. I don't think the Patriots are a factor this year. Uh, and... Um, I think the Chargers are being slept on as far as being a potential dynamo in the AFC in 2019. So, dynamo. Chargers, Colts, Chargers, Colts, a little bit of Browns, and, uh, you know, fade everyone else. There's so many teams yeah, I want it's to hard, it's, it's hard so for, many. like, good luck. Like, you, 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 it's so hard to, like, defend fading the Patriots because it just – they find ways. They're going to look like shit for four weeks, and then they're going to find a way to win twelve games. That's how it's going to be. It's yeah. awful hard to beat them at home. Like that's true. And and you know what? Like you know, we shat a little on on the Chiefs, and they lost an offensive weapon, and their defense is going to suck. But they they've still got weapons. They had like a plethora, a multitude of weapons. I think they're still going to be good on offense. Like you can't, you can't sleep on a team that can drop a 50 burger on you all the time. So the AFC West I, should be pretty interesting. I'm fine. I'm, I'm that, that's the, a fine. Take. We, yeah. we didn't touch on the Broncos. Do you want to spend 10 seconds on the Broncos? Uh, John Elway needs to go. You got any other thoughts? They're probably going to yeah, be better than people think it. this year. They're probably going to be better than people think this year though. Like they have, they still have talented pieces on defense, and they're bringing in Fangio to break to run a little bit of uh, a defense first approach. They have a good running game. They have some fine running pieces. They're not gonna they're not gonna win more than eight games, I don't think. But I don't expect that they're gonna be the drags of the uh, of the AFC West like like they're aligned right now. 
but and and John Elway, you know, I guess he's there for perpetuity until the ownership uh, kind of matriculates down to the next generation and they they wake the hell up. But uh, it's a bad scene in uh, in Mile High. I don't Tough know how scenes. you fix it. Tough scenes. Tough scenes in Mile High, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. Who's their first round pick? No offense. Well, who's the NFC go through? Uh oh. Boy. Who does yeah, that? You're NFC shitting you're shitting on every tight end that's not. We haven't really talked about the NFC. And I be honest with you. We went heavy really AFC, know. didn't we? Uh, yeah, I guess a team that I that I'm bullish on in the NFC that we haven't really talked. I think I think the NFC East comes down to coin flip between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, I think both are going to be pretty dangerous teams and be in the playoff mix. I think the NFC North is wide fucking open. Uh, I don't think they've done anything to help propel Rodgers into a place where he can, you know, be a dy- you know be a dynamic force in the NFC this year. I think he's still going to be limited by his coach and his GM for this year and the next couple of years, uh, which is you know a shame. But I don't think we really are going to see Rodgers be uh, on a and on a true Super Bowl contender again. Uh, unless things drastically change in the organization. Oh yeah, um, like just that whole yeah, whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trubisky's Trib- a big question mark. If he's huge going to take the next step, Rogers Bears. didn't get the weapons put around him. Yep. Bears uh, we, we we don't know Packers if the Vikings' Packers. offensive line is ever going to be right again. Uh, the Bears yes. regress. The Lions just don't have the roster. The Lions right don't have the like, roster. It, it's a right three. Off. I think it's going to be an ugly three-team race. Yes, right off the NFC North from legitimate contention, and I have no idea who wins. Um, and uh, NFC West. I don't know. You put uh, Rodgers in the playoffs. You never know. Yeah, yeah you never know. Yeah, that's true. That, that's fair. Um, the NFC West is – but the, the Packers' defense is still a freaking problem, like a legitimate problem. Like I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Um, the um, uh, The NFC West is probably – your most likely, your most likely uh, true contender in the Rams again. I don't know. I don't love the Rams. I don't love the way their roster. Well, it's not like the Rams they can they take are. some. I don't think they'll take a huge step. Back. They can't take a huge step back. They'll right? be um, good. And I so so all this, and I think I would expect the Saints to take a step back. The Saints have done nothing to inject or differentiate their. Uh, their roster or anything that they're doing differently now for two years. Well, they um, had like two draft picks. Yeah, uh, and they 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 can't do anything in free agency. They can't do anything in the draft because they made a terrible decision last year to trade up and give away their draft this year. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I feel like they are due for a step back. Um, and I think, I even though and I Max hated, retired, even oh he did, ooh ooh, I missed that actually. I don't like that at all. Um, the, you know who well, I? That's, you know, uh, that's a problem. You know, you know who I kind of like in the NFC uh, is the Falcons. The Falcons are getting back two enormously important pieces on defense who missed last season. Um, I did not yeah. love Coming what back they did all on those draft injuries. day. So here's what's, here's what's, here's what makes the Falcons a, a feisty look, in my opinion. Um, they're getting, I mean, they're getting basically a, 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 a couple of all pros back on defense. They're getting, um, a dynamic playmaker back on offense in the running back position, although that doesn't matter much, obviously. Um, they invested draft capital in their offensive line, which I thought was stupid. Uh, I did not like their picks either, but they're players you can presumably plug and play this season. Uh, 
Um, I think the Falcons have another ride in them in terms of contending. Uh, they got rid of um, Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator, Sarc. so that's addition by subtraction. Uh, and I think nine wins is very, very, very Im- imminently winnable for the Falcons to get to get nine wins this year, given how unlucky they were from an injury standpoint last year. Uh, and their schedule is a little easier this year. So I think if, if I'm buying any team in the NFC who I think is kind of a little bit off the radar and, and a little bit by low, I think I'm probably buying Falcons. Is that any of that, Jeff? I can get down with I'm that. Looking at, um, I'm, looking yeah, at over the, I'm looking at over the, nine for the Falcons. The, plus one. Saints, the like Saints regression. The Saints regression for sure is uh, that's probably going to be a thing. And then Carolina with Cam. I don't know what the like. Is he injured for real? Is it a thing? Are they letting him play through it? That's does, it matter, does it matter? Well, I think because Tampa they, have, they still have yeah, no offensive matter, yeah. line. Tampa takes a no step forward, turn. but yeah. Tampa takes a step yeah. forward, but they got Which, screwed with the schedule. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably Tim, not not enough. Well, they, they just can't take a big enough step. I don't think you can take that giant step forward to be a true contender. Um, yeah, like you said, Cowboys and Eagles, one of those going to win the league or win the East and be a contender. Giants and Redskins will battle for the basement. And then, I mean, what does that leave us? That's it. That's it, man. Seahawks. Do you think the Seahawks are going to be? Do you think the Seahawks be competitive? They think the Niners. They'll be right there. I mean, the Niners. Oh, I think the Niners will be. I think both those teams will be around five hundred or a little better than. Yeah. Yeah, I see kind of a. I'll be in the mix for wild cards. I see the wild. I think the wild card's going to be like a six-team race. Like it it might be a really good race down the down the stretch where you have like two or two NFC North teams or like basically all three NFC North teams are kind of right around. That that mix you have Seattle and the Niners right in right in that mix. You have you know maybe the Saints. If even if the Saints take a step back, they're probably right in that mix. You have what whoever's second in the a, or a, NFC East right in the mix. Like it could be a pretty messy wild card race. That could be fun. Yeah, no, I because I feel like it'll be a real like it's funny how this will probably go all to shit. But yeah, it no, is. No, 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 I don't think so. Feel I like think this is. I think heavily, this is the right heavily paired. Yeah, yeah, a lot of parity. Yeah, I think you could be very, very well looking at a team like the Eagles and a team like the Falcons pull ahead of the field and have the clear one and two, and then everyone else kind of bunched around 500 or a little bit better fighting for the other four spots in the playoffs. Yeah, that's kind of my expectation. I don't think the Rams are going to just blow the field away again and win like 12, 13 games. I think they're going to take a step backwards and wins. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be messy in the in the NFC. I don't have nearly as clear of vision of who really is contending. I, AFC, it's pretty clear. It's Chargers and Colts in my mind. It's funny. Uh, it's funny these these. Uh, in case you didn't notice this one and the other one where we talked about like the draft preview, we didn't really have outlines or ideas what we were talking about. Like this is this is just freestyle a conversation, and these get off off track. Like we went to a full breakdown of the NFL season team by team there at the end. Yeah, no, no, that was not would, planned. But here no, we are, no, that, and I feel I feel I feel smarter for it. It's the right because like, I, I haven't really thought about stuff. a lot of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I forgot. I forgot. I have one more big because we time. said we said we were going to get into. Uh, we're gonna get into season win totals, and maybe we need to do that here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we do pretty soon. Um, I have one more 
big time. Some of those numbers will be gone in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. That and and now they are starting to cool. become more widely available. The first time we touched on this, it was like Scanter Technologies was the only one who had uh, Scanter Gaming Tech CG Tech was the only one who had numbers up. Now they're widely available, so they're more more reasonable to get after them now. One other gigantic loser from the weekend. Uh, Ian, Ra- Ian Rappaport. What? Way to throw all of your credibility out the window, buddy. Like, who is, he was carrying so much water for so many, you know, so many completely useless sources. I, I, I lost track of it at some point. But the idea that he was effectively the only guy in media who, or at least he was, you know, him and Prisco, I guess. The only guys in media who were like trying to create drama by drumming up total and utter bullshit about the number one overall pick was was just amazing. And he put his credibility on the line in my book. And now at this point, you know, th- between this and the you know the Antonio Brown going to the Bills story and some of the other stuff that's come and gone uh, in the last couple of years, as far as news cycle go, Rapport is not a trusted source in my opinion. Uh, and. I will be operating. Yeah, it's like we always knew Prisco was full of shit. Yeah, but he didn't pretend to be. He didn't pretend to be well connected source. Yeah, I mean Prisco was basically like, and he admitted as much in one tweet. Like, yeah, throw shit against the wall when it comes to the draft. Like Rappaport was legitimately like, I have a source that the Cardinals have reached out to Quinton Quinton Williams and told him that he might be the first overall pick. No, no. That was bullshit. Like literally the NFL put him on the spot to do that because they wanted the first overall pick in the draft to be a surprise so that they could run like an extended 15 minute ad. I mean, I mean the draft, the beginning of the draft was unwatchable. It was awful. Like they really, they really, another loser, the NFL, because that sucked. Like all the buildup. Oh, all day, awful. all week. We had guys, uh, there were some guys I know that were so excited about this. Yes. And it just was like, got, you could tell, like, so many DMs. It took the and air out of the room like, so fast. This yeah. sucks. What yeah. is going on? And also, for and everybody, I see a million tweets, and everybody says this, but honestly, like, just let the first team come out and make their pick. Like, yeah. don't give them 10 minutes. That's Drag so stupid. They've so had dumb. months. It's not like, so oh, dumb. they need their 10 minutes to make to make a trade or something. Yeah. Especially like, no. yeah. Especially no, when we've known, awful. especially when we've known for 45 minutes. After the 20 minutes, minutes of other lead up. Yeah. And we and we've yeah. known for 45 minutes who the pick was. So yeah, it was it was, I it was ridiculous. Already. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um and uh cleaning up some you know, clean up, yeah, it, yes. The the major memorable takeaway from the draft being in Nashville will be the Bachelorette stories. Like that one, that's that's what I'm gonna remember, right? Like like the Bachelorettes being that was funny that their that their uh, that their spotlight got taken and they showed up in Broadway and there were fifty thousand NFL fans walking around the street. Like that's gonna be their that was that was my takeaway, uh, most memorable part of the Nashville draft. Um, and uh, last note I had was uh, did I just wanted to mention this. Uh, props to Bet Online for offering live betting during the uh, draft. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but this was this was one of my favorite stories. It hasn't gotten covered, and only those of us who were truly degening on this even saw it happen. Uh, but uh, the way that the live betting played out for the 
for the NFL draft on Bet Online was truly spectacular. They had a live line open when Kyler Murray was the known number one pick. It was like you could bet minus twenty five hundred to win a hundred or something like that, and you know they had a hundred dollar maxes or something like that. And it was widely known that Joey Bosa was going or Nick Bosa was going number two, and so that was that was juiced to high hell, like minus two thousand. And then and then rather than have like players and try to handicap those markets on the fly. They just did offense or defensive player from there on, right? And it was obvious the Jets were going defense, so that was juiced to, like, minus 2,000. And then it was obvious that the Raiders were going defense, and that was juiced to, like, minus 1,000, right? And then uh, and then the um, yep. pick fit the Tampa Bay. Obviously, they were going defense. That was juiced to high hell. So, basically, if you had a gigantic bankroll at Bet Online, you could just you know, taking withdrawing hundred dollars at a time from these props that just weren't very creative, right? And then the Giants come up. Yeah. Uh, Josh oh, Allen. I mean, was at on least go like D line linebacker. Yeah. You know, if you know it's yeah, going to be sure. defense, yeah, yeah, right. court, yeah. is it going to be, yeah, D- be edge favorite. or edge or tackle? Like, do do something yeah. like that to, yeah. to make so, some options where you can't just crush it. Yeah. So then, then, uh, then Giants come up on the clock. They open the prop. Uh, and Josh Allen is on the board. They every you know, and everyone kind of is under the assumption, oh, they're going to take Josh Allen. They open it up again at minus two thousand or something defensive player, uh, and then <laughs> with like two minutes to go on the draft, pick is in, and the line flips from offense was like plus a thousand to like minus. 400 or something insane like that like all like it like in one yeah, swoop it, 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 moved. it moved so fast they got absolutely hammered at like 10 to 1 on an offensive player somebody knowing that it was daniel jones uh and uh i and then after that live betting was off <laughs> that was the last one they took of the whole night and I, it was like uh, you know, well, they fired the guy who was running it, so <laughs> something happened. <laughs> something, yeah, something yeah, happened. We don't know the details of that, we're speculating that. But watching it all play out live and watching that number flip in such a fell swoop when somebody just unloaded a freaking hammer on 10 to 1 on offense and that it ends up being a quarterback was like, oh shit, like they really got taken. Uh, and um, but uh, but props to them for trying the live betting on the draft as an option. Uh, I hope it was. Uh, yeah. Hope it was a good. No, I mean, it, if it if it weren't for somebody deciding to poke fun at Dave Portnoy uh, this last month, it would have been the biggest screw up of a offshore <laughs> of the month. Well, well, but still, it's a pretty hefty silver medal because yeah, they they opened at, at at ten to one. People were hammering it. Just, I mean, even if you didn't know it was going to be a quarterback, it was not a great line. Just right? the fact that they talk, yeah. just the fact that they talked so much about possibly like the the, I mean, the implied odds at like nine percent. That's it's quite a bit lower than I, I would have said it was fifty fifty that they do something stupid. And it's the Giants, so let's put it more like seventy thirty. Yeah, you give yeah, ten sure. to one. That was dumb. Yeah, yeah, that was so that was fun. All right, Wednesday, wrap it up. Wednesday pod. Let's do it, man. We're, well, no, let's derby. talk um, derby. Yeah, derby. We're gonna do some derby talk. Heavy horse talk. We don't horse bet horses process. on the regular, but we yeah. do. We get into this. We it's like our masters for uh, golf. Like we're not betting golf all the time, but we bet the shit out of the masters. We will bet the shit out of the derby. I love it. 
it's yeah, obviously it's a it's a pretty important horse race, and we're going to talk extensively about it on Wednesday. I love it. Talk to you then. Best of luck. See you.